Everybody, welcome back to the Sunny Day Review. I'm Brian. I'm Jillian. Jillian, how you doing? I'm I'm doing well. It's been a, a very interesting morning. Uh, for yes. <laughs> for anybody uh, curious, we are recording today. This is the first video we're recording on uh, November seventh, mm. which. Uh, for anybody watching this in recent history, uh, the the Associated Press just called which candidate won the presidential election. So it's been a bit of a crazy morning. It has. It's been a lot. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, but we're here. We're, we're ready. Um, get an alcoholic beverage to celebrate. <laughs> or a non-alcoholic beverage if you are mm -hmm. like me and you just hate alcohol. Right, right. So... <laughs> Let's let's get into talking about Fool for Love. Yes. It's originally aired November fourteenth, two thousand. Was written as, was written by Douglas Petrie and directed by Nick. Uh, I'm gonna say Mark, but uh, yeah, that like, seems right. Yeah. So it's M A R C K. So it's Mark, but with both potential consonants yeah. out in there. Um, yeah. So we open on Buffy facing off against a 70s style vampire. Things seem to be going well. She's quipping and kicking butt. However, when she goes to deliver the finishing blow, he counters and stabs her in the stomach with her own stake, which is pretty horrifying, not gonna lie. And pretty unusual mm -hmm. for our heroine to yeah. be stabbed, not only defeated by a vampire, but stabbed with her own stake. Yeah, even worse. It, uh, it's just in her like face. I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, the shock and everything. It, it's a lot. It's like, did that just happen? <laughs> that just happened. Mm -hmm. What the hell just happened? <laughs> <laughs> so we come back after the credits to Buffy being stabbed. She punches the vampire, pulls the stake out, and flees. The vampire stops and disarms her. Uh, as he's about to probably lay the finishing blows on Buffy, Riley comes out of nowhere to tackle him. The next morning. Riley is patching Buffy up. He's worried since she refuses to see a real doctor. You know, kind of hard to explain uh, how you got stabbed by a stake in the stomach. Oh, I just ran into a fence. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I was uh, practicing javelin with a wooden javelin and, you know, took my eye off it. And, you know, things happen, I guess. <laughs> it ricocheted. Things just went horribly wrong. I don't. Oh, man. So yeah, Riley asks her about the night before, what happened, how, how did this happen? Um, she's reluctant to admit that uh, one vampire bested her. And he was like, yeah, like, you know, it's fine. I'm sure there were a bunch of vampires. And she's like, there was one vampire. Uh, so Don bursts in to warn Buffy and Riley that moment's coming. Uh, Joyce asks if they are disinfecting something. Because there's like alcohol and you know gauze and everything out. Um, Don actually ends up covering for Buffy, saying that the alcohol is for removing nail polish. So get on, Don, coming through. She can be useful sometimes. Yeah, uh, the three agree that Don will help Buffy with household uh, chores, and Riley will cover her Slayer duties while Buffy heals up. Buffy asks um, Riley to take the group along, which so we cut to one of the best scenes ever. Oh my god! <laughs> Riley is like full on initiative soldier, like stalking the graveyard, 
you know, staying low, everything. And then it pans over to Anya, Willow, and Xander eating chips super loud in the background and asking Riley what he's doing. Like, what do you think he's doing? I don't know. I'll ask him, Riley, what are you doing? And he's just like. (laughs) Well, he's like, he's like running and like diving behind tombstones and all this stuff. And he keeps doing like all these like hand motions. And at one point he, he goes to them and he's he goes like this and uh they're like what do you think that means and i think willow's like i think it translates to choo choo oh man (laughs) and it's the loudest bag of chips not just like the bag but the chips themselves are the loudest thing ever (laughs) yeah so this isn't going great uh we cut back to the magic box where Buffy and Giles go over Watcher Diaries to see if there's good documentation on the failure of past Slayers. Something to help them understand what happened the other night. Um, Giles says that the Watchers probably didn't have the heart to write about the death of the Slayers. Um, This gives Buffy an idea to ask Spike what happened when he beat two Slayers himself. Which is a pretty smart idea. I mean, go to the primary source, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think often that they write down which uh, vampire killed a slayer. Right. Uh, never mind, like, how to find that vampire. So she's like, well, we got Spike. I know that I can pay him off with money for information. <laughs> and he does like to brag all the time about having killed two slayers. Mm-hmm. So. I mean, they should, though, right? They should at least say what happened. This not leaving it open-ended is just... Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it it might be that, uh, at least it's possible that the Watchers don't always know what happened to the Slayer. Like, they right. know that she was killed. They don't right. necessarily know how or by whom or mm-hmm. what demon. Like, unless there's, like, oh, okay, two bites on the side of the neck. That obviously means vampire attack. Yeah. But, like, it, you don't find out until they find the body. So... Right. Oh, man. All right. So at the bronze, Buffy and Spike hang out. She's offering him cash for information. Spike asks for wings in exchange for information. <laughs> like, wings is like, what? Like, spicy buffalo wings. <laughs> Which is great. I like the idea that, you know, as a vampire, blood is what keeps them going, but they can still eat regular food. Yeah. It's fun. Um, when... <laughs> We know that Spike loves the Blooming Onion. Yes. <laughs> There's multiple references to it throughout the series, so. Oh, man. Uh, when Buffy turns to ask the waitress for wings, she grimaces. Spike realizes that something at the best of her and taunts her about that. We flash back to Spike before he was Spike, London, 1880. He's a poet. He's asked about what he thinks about a recent strings of disappearances. Uh, one of the other guys takes his poem and reads it out loud to everybody. They laugh, which is very rude, very rude. Um, they say that he's called William the Bloody because his bloody, terrible poetry. <laughs> this is uh, different than why we heard he's called William the Bloody. I mean, I don't blame <laughs> them. It wasn't a good poem. Yeah. One of them says he would rather have a railroad spike through his head than listen to his poetry. And then, this is just me, uh, something tells me that Spike probably made good on that request in the future. 
probably. Yeah, that's a, that just feels in character, right? You know? Yeah. You come get petty revenge by doing exactly that. Oh, for uh, sure. <laughs> um, something, so uh, a woman, Cecilia, asks Spike if the poems are about her. He admits that they are. She isn't into him uh, or the poems, and she does not let him down easily. No. No. Uh, William says, I only ask that you see me. And Cecilia says, that's the problem. I do see you. You're nothing to me, William. You're beneath me. It's like, whoa, Jesus Christ. I mean, she's blunt. Yeah, I, that's I, true. I kind of, I kind of have the feeling that, like, this has been, like, a ongoing thing between them where, like, she keeps trying to let him down and then he keeps coming mm. back. She keeps trying to let him mm. down. So she's like, I'm just going to, like... Like, no question here. Yeah. But, but um, is her name Cecilia or Cecily? Oh, it might be Cecily. It's been a while Cicely. since I watched this episode. All right, so every time I said Cecilia, that should have been Cecily. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> so Spike leaves the party and bumps into Angel, Darla, and Drusilla on the street. He darts into an alley. Uh, Drusilla follows him. She seduces him with kind words and promises, as long as something more. And then she bites him. And when she bites him, like, like we've seen, we've seen Angel become a vampire, and it was like mm. very like, like he was seduced, but he was also super into it, and mm. blah blah. With Spike, like Drusilla bites him, and he's like, ow, ow, ow. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! So and back she in the... oh, sorry. She definitely Drusilla definitely plays on the fact that uh, he is hurt in that moment, and mm. he doesn't seem to have a lot of luck with the ladies. Yes, definitely so. not. Yes. So back in the present day, the Scoobies track down the vampire that stabbed Buffy. Riley takes point and follows the vampire into a mausoleum. Uh, there's a nest in there, so Riley says that there's too many and gets the gang to leave. Back of the bronze, Spike continues to tell Buffy about his story. In 1880, Angel is angry with Spike because his actions have caused uh, them to be driven underground. Angel thinks that Spike's reckless nature is going to lead to his death, if not by Angel, then by an angry mob or the Slayer. <laughs> so Spike didn't know about the Slayer until this moment. He learns about it, and he sought the Slayer out. Um... Then back in present day, Spike says, if you're looking for good fun, there's death, there's glory, and there's sod all else. So he saw this as a, you know, moment to get glory or die, and doesn't seem like he was quite, you know, caring which which way that ended up. Nah. Um, Spike says the vampires have an advantage over slayers. Slayers always have to reach for their weapons, whereas their fangs are always on them. Mm -hmm. Which is a good point. Yeah. So we flash back to Spike fighting a Chinese slayer during the Boxer Rebellion. She's extremely skilled, and while, uh, while Spike is just, like, very brutish in his fighting style, um, she is about to slay him, but an explosion prevents it and knocks her back. Spike takes advantage of this and kills her. So Drusilla is very impressed with this, and they end up having sex in, like, the burning building. Uh, <laughs> It's just, you know, risky, but yes, yeah, Spike and Drusilla. Yeah. 
what can you expect? Um, so they tell Darla and Angel, and Angel seems kind of panicked about this. Um, the four of them have a cool slow motion uh, walk amongst the flames and amongst the flaming streets. Um, Buffy a shot is a... they will use over and over and yeah. over again through the series, but it's, it's very a cool bad shot. Looking. Yeah, it really is. Um, so Buffy's disgusted by the fact that he got off on killing the Slayer. He says that she's at a distinct disadvantage because she can kill hundreds of them, but they'll keep coming. Whereas all they need to do is have one of them have one good day to kill her. Um, we also, uh, he also says that she's gotten so good. She thinks she's immortal. Riley elsewhere. Riley goes back to the cemetery. He kills the vampire that stabbed Buffy and blows up the rest with a grenade. Just very, yeah. Not overkill, but just like, all right, <laughs> damn. But I also get it. I mean, the vampire stabbed Buffy. Like, yeah. They have to die a very violent death. <laughs> um, Plus, uh, Riley isn't exactly super powered like he was before. True, he still has yeah. the training from the initiative and all that, but he doesn't quite have the, uh, the, the strength that he mm. used to uh, since they fixed him. So, yeah. Yeah, I can see, like, one vampire, I can see Riley taken down, but that whole nest, he wouldn't have had a chance without the grenade. Yeah. So, Buffy and Spike continue their conversation in the alley outside the bronze. They spar and talk. As they spar, there's a cool match cut back to Spike fighting the second Slayer he killed in New York in 1977. This is probably one of my favorite, like... Oops, sorry. It's probably one of my favorite... Uh, scenes or like moments in the whole show the the oh it's so cool between it yeah yeah um so he's fighting the slayer on a train car spike says that for a slayer death is always chasing them every day could be their last spike quote part of you wants it not only to stop the fear and uncertainty but because you're just a little bit in love with it death is your art you make it with your hands day after day the final gasp, that look of peace. Part of you is desperate to know what it's like. Where does it lead you? Every Slayer has a death wish, even you. Um, and then he ended up taking his coat that he wears from the Slayer after mm-hmm. he killed her, which I thought was an interesting touch. Yeah, one thing to mention here is that, so he kills the Slayer in 1977 by snapping her neck. Mm-hmm. He doesn't bite her, and... Um, from what I've kind of read throughout the years in the community, that's seen as like a sign of disrespect. Oh. Like a when a vampire kills a slayer and doesn't bite her and drink her blood, because the the blood of the slayer is supposed to be like an aphrodisiac. It's mm. supposed to be like the mecca of of blood when it when it comes to you know regular people versus the slayer. Um, mm. So him just like snapping her neck is supposed to be a sign of disrespect. And this is where I was also saying earlier, like, her watcher probably has no idea what happened to her. He just knows that her body was found mm-hmm. with her neck snapped on a train. Yeah. Like, a good there, were, there were no witnesses there. Like, there's no markings on her body to say that this is what happened. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we saw what it did for Angel, uh, you know, a couple seasons, last season. So hard to tell with how we record, but... uh a while two ago, ago, two seasons ago, yeah, um, and how it saved him from that poison. So, yeah, mm-hmm. Slayer blood is 
Yeah, it's it's interesting. I never really thought about that for this scene, but yeah, that that's a good point. All right, so he says the only reason um, Buffy has lasted so long is her ties to the world. Um, when she's ready to die, basically, he'll be there. Um, she says that he's beneath her, and if she ever had a death wish, she would never let him grant it. Uh, she tosses the cash at him and leaves. Spike returns to his place. He takes a shotgun, intending to shoot her with it. Harmony uh, doesn't think Spike can take her in his current state, because what he said, echoing that other, uh, was it Sicily? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sis- I- uh, yes. 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 Okay. Um, echoing her words really, like, fucked him up. <laughs> He's a mess. Yeah. Um, he thinks that he can push through the pain to just to kill her. Harmony thinks if he wanted to kill her, he would have when he didn't have the chip in. Um, he tried. He tried he many times. Yeah. <laughs> we flash back to Drusilla and him having a similar argument after they left Sunnydale. We also get to see this demon that she left Spike for, which is like a very tall demon with deer antlers and slime all over him. But he for seems like reason. a nice guy, right? For some reason, every time I see it, I think that he's like, he's like part moose because he's got the antlers and he's yeah. like dripping something. And for some reason, I have it in my head that he's dripping maple syrup. I don't know why. I love it. He's a main demon. Yes. <laughs> <Or> Vermont. Like, <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, but he seems nice. He didn't know that Drusilla was dating someone. He's very awkward for him. <laughs> um, so Drusilla thinks that Spike's become engulfed by the thought of Buffy, and that's what's pushed her away from him. Back at Buffy's place, Joyce is packing up to do an overnight observation at the hospital uh, to do a CAT scan to look into potential cancer. She tells Buffy that everything will be fun. Well, fun. She tells Buffy that everything will be fine. Uh, Buffy goes to the backyard to cry. Spike comes out of the shadow, and she sees that she's crying. He goes from angry to sympathetic and asks what's wrong. He asks if there's anything that he can do to help. She doesn't answer, but the pair sit with each other on the back steps and the episode ends. So that is Wolf for Love. Jillian, your thoughts? It's actually like a really sweet scene at the end because he mm. goes there. I mean, the fact that he goes there to kill her is not sweet. <laughs> he, he sees her there crying and she's like, just go away, Spike. Like, mm. I just want to be alone right now. But he's sitting there asking, like, you know, what's wrong? And she won't tell him anything, but she lets him, like, sit next to her. And then he, like, takes his hand out and starts, like, very sweetly patting her on the back. And yeah. it's, it's just like, I, I kind of love it. Yeah. It's good. It's a good scene. Um, but yeah, um, episode as a whole, I really like this episode. Yeah. I think that the editing is really, like, really cool um, in that scene where they're flipping back and forth mm-hmm. between, um, like, Spike sparring with Buffy and then Spike fighting the 1977 vampire using mm-hmm. exactly the same moves. Yeah. Um, it's literally like a mirror and they just keep flipping in uh the 1977 slayer and Mm. buffy Mm -hmm. um so i just think it's really cool um it's really cool to be able to see kind of spike's origin story um and 
you know, even Buffy's whole idea of like, well, I want to know more about how the Slayers died so that I can understand my power more. Mm. Why don't I go and talk to the only vampire that we know who's ever killed two of them? Right. Um. So yeah, I I really like this episode. It's mm. it's one of my favorite ones, at least in the season. Um, yeah. It is one that I will revisit for fun. Mm. So I'd probably give it like a a nine. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Nine, truly one of my favorite episodes in the series. It's so good. Yeah. So, so good. <laughs> All right, on to season five, episode eight, Shadow. Originally aired November 21st, 2000, written by David Fury and directed by Dave Addis. We open on Joyce getting her CAT scan done. Buffy and Don are waiting in the lobby, both clearly worried. We cut to the magic box where Giles and Tara go over his new slogan and his new ad. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's so like funny now to look back on it, but uh, you know, ads in the in what is it, phone books? Probably pretty important back then. Probably, yeah. Yeah, not much now. <laughs> Amazon has ruined it all. I can't remember the last time I saw a phone book. No. Honestly. Oh man! So Xander, Willow, and Anya enter, angry at Riley for going rogue and killing all the vampires without them. Giles says it is reckless, but they should be happy that they missed out on the confrontation. Which is a fair point. Um, so they're working to figure out what Glory is. Uh, and then we cut to Glory, who's living in luxury. One of her minions has a scroll for her. And the scroll is a spell that she's intending to do. But she just needs to pick up some items, and she sees an ad for the magic box. Dun dun dun. Yeah. So Riley arrives at the Summers with the door ajar. Spike is in Buffy's room sniffing her clothes. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, Riley confronts him and Spike tries to play it off to no avail, saying, like, you know, it's a, it's a predator thing. It's not weird. You gotta know your enemy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So Spike ribs uh, Riley about Buffy buying him drinks last night. Riley doesn't believe him, but Spike counters that by asking why he never gets taken off the vampire list when she does a spell to prevent people from coming in. Which is a good point, actually. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's proven to be helpful on a couple yeah. of occasions. When she pays him. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it is a good point. They've done it twice since Spike has been invited in, and neither time did they kick Spike out, so... Yeah, I don't know if too. maybe they did it another time after the Harmony thing. Um, I, I thought, mean, should have. Right. Yeah. Hmm. I, I thought he said twice, but he may not have. I don't know. We'll have to. Someone in the comments or something will will know for sure. I'm I'm sure. Um, Sorali also roasts um, spite. Okay, so. So. <laughs> Riley tosses Spike out the door and lets him roast for, like, a few seconds before throwing him the blanket so he can walk in the sun. Uh, Spike tells Riley that Buffy is at the hospital and is in surprise that she didn't know. Um, Riley goes to the hospital, um, and he waits with Don in the waiting room while Buffy talks to Joyce. Joyce uh, says that they need to do a biopsy because... Uh, they saw a shadow on her cat skin. So that's scary. Not, not, mm -hmm. 
not comforting at all. No. Um, but they try to comfort each other with, like, the unspokenness of, like, this could potentially get very bad. Mm-hmm. At the Magic Box, Tara posits that maybe Glory is something so old that the books may not cover her. The figure that the Dagon Spear, being so old, points to her being super old, which makes sense, you know? Um, Glory shows up and buys what she needs for the spell. Obviously, nobody knows uh, <laughs> that it's Glory. And as she leaves, Shadow's like, you know, she could be anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> she could have been here five seconds ago. We wouldn't <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> know it. Like, yeah, you didn't. Oh, man. Back in the hospital, Riley covers Dawn with his coat as she sleeps on a chair. A doctor Captain America. Up. He really is. <laughs> Um, a doctor comes out to tell Buffy that Joyce has a brain tumor and things may progress quickly. The symptoms are pretty terrible. Um, Mm -hmm. They need to figure out if it's operable. Uh, He says that she has a chance to live uh, and it's nearly a one in three chance. (laughs) Great. Great. No, no. Yeah. So Ben comes in to tell the doctor that he's needed in the ICU. He tells Buffy that he only said that because she seemed pretty overwhelmed <laughs> and that he has pretty, you know, bad bedside manners, but he is a very good doctor. Um, Buffy says that she needs to find a spell to heal her mom. Riley thinks it will work out, but understands why. Or Riley thinks that it won't work, um, but understands why she needs to try to look for something. Um, at the magic box, Anya is looking at the receipts and is worried about what he, what Giles of glory. Um, did I miss something here? How did she know that it was glory? Gosh. No, she, uh, so she's looking through the receipts and she's like, Hey, oh, yeah. Hey, like right. you, you sold these two things together. These two things should never be sold together. Yes. Like, the only time they're sold together and they're used together is for something bad and you shouldn't have done this and blah, blah, blah. I think yeah. Giles is like, let's remember who owns the store, <laughs> who is the owner and who is the employee for just a second year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think they kind of put two and two together on like yeah. what was sold and what they're used for and figure out that it was Glory who came yeah, in and bought yeah. them. He says like, it's okay because the woman that he sold it to would have to be enormously powerful to perform the spell. And there's like a moment of silence and I'm like, uh oh. <laughs> and they realized that that was glory. That's a bloody hell moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Riley took Don to a carousel to get ice cream. Don tells him about when they moved to Sunnydale and her mom rented out the carousel for her birthday. But since she didn't have any friends, just her, Buffy, and her mom rode it over and over. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like a hard thing because it's like this probably does matter to Don, but as an audience, we're like, this wasn't real, you know? Yeah, and also just like that carousel music must have gotten really old really <laughs> fast if you're just riding it over and over and over again. Also, do they bother stopping it after a couple of minutes or do you just keep going around? Just for an hour straight. <laughs> oh my god. Um, so Don tells her that um, his relationship with Buffy is a lot more chill than it was than hers with Angel. Um, she doesn't get so worked up about things with him, which he kind of takes as like she doesn't care. Yeah. Oh yeah, he definitely does. 
Um, Buffy is meeting with the Scoobies and they warn her that there are nurse spells that can help her mother and it would only really make things worse if they, like, botch it. Yeah. Doesn't really get in with medical science or anything. Nope. Anya says they don't need to do uh, more things wrong for the day. Buffy catches on and she's like, um, what are you guys talking about? They all try to like hide it, but yeah. Yeah, Buffy's like, what did I miss? <laughs> like, what, what else can be added to my plate right now? <laughs> they explain that the cult that made the amulet they sold to Glory has power to turn a cobra into a monster. So Buffy goes to find Glory, who is at the zoo. First time we've seen this since uh, mm-hmm. way back in season one. It's nice to, to remember that it exists. Um, so Glory steals the cobra um, out of a display and changes it into a giant cobra. Um, it's funny. So like Buffy jumps her while she's doing the spell. And Glory's like, she recovers. She's just like more like, uh, that was rude. <laughs> um for so some reason, this scene always reminds me of the, the zoo scene from Harry Potter, you know, when he's talking mm. to the snake in the first one. I don't yeah. know why. It just reminds me of that. And yeah. yeah. So she's able to beat Buffy back while her minion continues the spell. And the cobra is now a giant cobra with arms. <laughs> Glory sends it to find the key. She does like this whole like incantation thing of like poem of what to search. And the cobra's just standing there. She's like, now <laughs> which made me laugh so hard glory makes me laugh so much she's just like she's so great good villain really good villain i think here endeth the instructions please go yeah <laughs> oh man so riley comes back to the magic box um and he's upset that buffy left on her own xander reminds him that riley did the same thing just that morning uh i guess the night before Buffy calls Giles from the hospital. Um, tells him that the thing Glory created. Uh, Buffy tells Giles that the thing that Glory created was a big snake, though not Mayor Big, and it's loose. Uh, and she also says that Dawn is on her way over to the magic box. By herself, because that's By just herself. okay. Yeah. Um. So Buffy waits at the hospital um, while Don is at the magic box and Riley is at the bar where he's approached by a lady vampire. Um, Joyce gets very bad news. Riley gets bit by the vampire, but only for a moment before staking her. And the vampire is Sandy, who was sired by Vampire Willow, which <laughs> is a very fun little like thing that I thought was really cool that they did. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, Makes the world feel more alive when they bring stuff like that back around. I mean, because that would have been in, oh, what, season two? When two was. Three. Hold on. Season three, because it was after uh, Cordelia and um, right. broke up. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, pretty cool, <laughs> I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, the Cobra, meanwhile, is tracking Don down. Uh, first going to the carousel to pick up her scent. Buffy goes back to the magic box. The cobra comes soon after. It sees Dawn that slithers away. Buffy chases after it. Giles picks her up in his car to make the chase faster. Glory is upset that the snake is taking too long. 
Buffy bails from the car to chase it into a field. She catches up to it and grabs a chain, strangling the cobra with it. It plays dead for a moment. Uh, Buffy, end, but then it like comes back alive. Buffy ends up punching it straight through the thing's face. So like, damn. Um, the camera pans up, revealing it was nearly back to glory. Back at the hospital, Joyce tells Buffy she needs to tell Don the truth of what's going on. Riley arrives in a turtleneck, of course. Um, he asks Buffy if she's okay. She says physically yes, but not emotionally. He holds her. She says that she can't be weak because if she starts, she won't be able to stop being weak. She goes back into Joyce's hospital room, leaving Riley alone in the waiting room. And the episode ends. What did you think? I don't like this episode. <laughs> There's a lot of very heavy stuff starting and mm. um, like the whole Buffy, uh, Buffy's mom's diagnosis and or not necessarily diagnosis. Yes, they they diagnose her with a brain tumor. They don't know mm. if it's operable. You know, she might die, blah, blah, blah. And then giant snake I'm just not super into. Uh, mm. So I'm going to go with like a Five. Five. Damn. It's brutal. <laughs> I said a seven. I said... I'm oh, sorry. You say. I mean, it just... It really... It's used to pro progress Joyce's illness. Mm -hmm. I get that. It's used to progress the whole Riley and Buffy drifting apart thing. I get that. Um, but it's just like... It's not one that I feel the need to revisit ever. Mm. I understand. So I said it's a good episode. I rated it a seven. It has a lot of important plot stuff, but the episode itself is really slow. Yeah. Like, eh. But yeah, so that that's that episode, and that is our episode for mm -hmm. for this podcast episode. Saying episode so often. <laughs> but yeah, Jill, anything you want to add before we get on out of here? Um, so the next episode, we're going to be talking about uh, listening to fear and into the woods. Uh, again, these are very like, Joyce sickness episodes. Mm. So uh, yeah, just be prepared for that. Um, the season does get better later. Mm. Uh, and then worse and then better. And yeah, it's this is a very up and down season. Um, mm. And the kind of the biggest villain of this episode is just kind of life in general which is mm. weird to say we can talk about it more when we get to the end of the season definitely but it's just like yeah this is not one of my favorite seasons of the show we'll say it gotcha. like that gotcha but yeah um but if you want to hit me up on twitter you can i'm at jillian underscore swan that's swan with two n's I don't check Twitter very often, almost never. So if you send me something <laughs> on there, please do not be offended if I do not get back to you right away. Um, I, I do occasionally check. Brian can attest to the fact that he sent me something and it was like three weeks later before I, I noticed it. Um, yes. but yeah, I send but... all my Buffy memes through other messaging services, not Twitter. Yes. No, no. Um, but yeah, but if you guys want to hit me up on there, you can. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, you know where to find her. It's on the screen. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at TheFakeBMar. That's B-M-A-R-R. -R. You can follow the channel on Twitter at WGEverything on Instagram at WickedGoodEverything on Twitch at Twitch.tv slash WickedGoodEverything. If you want to follow me on my personal Instagram, it's at uh, SuperMarbro, also two R's. And other than that, please tell your friends and your enemies 
about the Sunnydale Review, and we'll see you in the next one. The Sunnydale Review is a Wicked Good Everything production. Fan art of Buffy was created by Fishbone Art. The logo was created by Tamar Kutab. The original intro and outro song was created by Alex Carl.